Here we go. <laughs> Spin us a tale. Book 12 in the Odyssey. This is the uh, Emily Wilson translation, by the way, so it's a bit more modernized and not as um, choppy and in Latin. <laughs> um, Odysseus is speaking with the uh, goddess Circe, and she's basically just telling him how to get home to Ithaca with minimal um, casualties. And she says, so listen, I will give you good instructions. Another god will make sure you remember. First, you will reach the sirens who bewitch all passerby. If anyone goes near them in ignorance and listens to their voices, that man will never travel to his home and never make his wife and children happy to have him back with them again. The sirens who sit there in their meadow will seduce him with piercing songs. Around about him lie great heaps of men, flesh rotting from their bones, their skin all shriveled up. Use wax to plug your sailors' ears as you row past, so they are deaf to them. But if you wish to hear them, your men must fasten you to your ship's masts by hand and foot, straight upright, with tight ropes, so bound you can enjoy the siren song. Boom. So, that's just a teaser for the coming episodes with mermaids and sirens. Do you think now, Homer was like uh, the original creator of the Wonder Woman comic, where he was actually like just looking for excuses to write BDSM into every story? It's possible. Many Greek writers are pretty much that. <laughs> yes, I could definitely see it. But anyway, listen. But anyway, less academic back. questions. Happy holidays. How, uh, how was your break? How was your winter holiday? Did you spend it with your family? Did you, did you shrivel up alone in, in the uh, Great Lakes area, uh, boarded in by snow and on the verge of starvation? That wife and child of yours looking... <laughs> Delectable. That's well, good to hear, listener. Yeah, wow, great, great. Thank, <laughs> Thank you for you. sharing. Wow. Wow. Incredible. You know, we love sharing too, and we would love if you would share this podcast with your share friends. Share this episode family. with your friends. Oh yeah. And don't forget to download it either. A little help goes a long way for your favorite podcast, Lore of the, the Folks. Lore of the Folks. Like and subscribe. Thank you. Okay, let's get into episode three, baby. Baby episode. What are, we, what are we into today? What are we What are we chomping down into? This episode two or three. This is three. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's been two weeks, you know. It, it's been two. Yeah. Oh. Episode two, remember, episode one was just like the idea of the mermaid, and then episode two, we really oh, went yes, into like yes. history, Alexander the Great and his men. Mm. Oh, like yeah, yeah, yeah. Fucking bonkers, and then the... Yeah, the Assyrian uh, yeah. sea goddess returned to the throne. Sort of how that, uh, how that, the tales of it spread throughout yes. Hellenistic culture. Exactly, yes. yes. Mm -hmm. All right, and now let's see how that tale has devolved in various <laughs> places around the Mediterranean. Uh, how this tale was Christianized. Fucking crucified. <laughs> yeah, truly. Let's get into it. it let's go into it. You want it. to start? You want me to start? Where are you um, Okay, well... I've got one story. That's it. All right, cool. <laughs> I guess I'll start then. Okay. <laughs> so a lot of my research um, took place after the fall of the Roman Empire. The Romans, pre-Holy Roman Empire, did this thing with any myths that they encountered, and they sort of just assigned Roman names to it. Mm -hmm. They did this. I was looking... Um, at the Germanic tribes that pestered, or sorry, not the, at the Goths. <laughs> the Goths. Yes. Oh, yes. That pestered. That uh, <laughs> pestered the Romans to extinction. Oh. <laughs> no. Hmm. 
at sort Interesting of, history. Where yeah. did you get your sources from on that one? Tumblr. 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 How the Goths conquered Rome. Oh, okay. And reawakened feminism. <laughs> wow. I may have been looking at the wrong article about Goths. I see. Yeah. Yeah, I'm just picturing a bunch of people booing out of Hot Topic, making a oh. pilgrimage to Rome. <laughs> just a... <laughs> now I know what my next role play <laughs> Oh God! Me dressed as a legionnaire, Gothic getting my Roman balls conquest. stomped. By... <laughs> oh God! Okay. Anyway. Anyway, so the Romans were describing Gothic culture and and you know their pantheon, but they sort of just took the names of all the Gothic deities and mm. you know all their myths and stuff, and just sort of assigned the closest sounding Roman name to them, mm-hmm. despite these. Um, not very well-documented Gothic deities, having more Norse influence than anything. Interesting, okay. In their, uh, in their names. I forget what it was. One of them sounded, they called Earth like Midgulvar or something. It sounds very similar to mm-hmm. things like Midgard. Sure. They had a name of a war god who did a lot of the same stuff Thor could do. The Romans just called him fucking Jupiter. Or no, um, it was Mars, was it? Mars was the Mars war is the guy. war. Yeah, yeah. Jupiter is like... Romans just called him Mars. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe they called him Jupiter because he can do lightning shit. But they were literally just assigning Roman names to okay. yeah, things. Yeah, yeah. To, so anything that wasn't Roman just got like assigned the closest Roman name. And they're like, ah, it's Roman. Okay, I see. And so that, that was sort of that pre-period. But the myths, they wouldn't really change. It'd just be like, it's fucking Roman. It's whatever. Mm-hmm. Everything is. As we will make it. Um, and Certainly. that that sort of approach has was similar in the advent of Christianity and how that spread. Uh, the only thing they changed, they just changed the whole myth, mm-hmm. as oh. we we've discussed <laughs> in many seasons. Oh yeah, you know, yeah. Every every pagan myth is actually Jesus in disguise. Yeah, every pagan myth is Jesus in disguise. Uh-huh. The fun part about mermaids through this is that um, they would never say that Jesus was a woman. So now what do you do with them? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, uh, objectify them and torment them to uh, misogynistic uh, Christian worldviews? Hell yeah, baby. Deus vault. <laughs> Booyah. And I, I was looking as to why this happened. You know, Rome fell. The Dark Ages began. Mm-hmm. Um, the idea, this is where the idea of mermaids and sirens as those, those like lustful, vindictive figures that just sort of combined everything old Christian dudes hated about women mm-hmm. and uh, pretty much like the sirens from the Odyssey. Interesting. Okay. So mermaids became less of almost like a benevolent force. Definitely not a benevolent. Yeah. They were similar to like all of the Scottish like, fairies okay. and whatnot of last yeah. where it's like, sirens it's a demon. It's from yeah. hell. Okay. It's a no, no class. They just do the things that were spoken about in like Homer's Odyssey. Sure. And it, it had more of an impact on, like, I, I suppose, the, the femme perspective in that since, especially during the Assyrian times, like we talked about. Certainly. She was the, a queen. She was a queen. She was mm-hmm. this, like, symbol of, of benevolence and yeah. fertility. Um, but she was also, like, a topless water lady, and you can't really have that in your Bible. <laughs> and I was looking as to, so as to why they would vilify them so, despite them traditionally being symbols of things that are preached in the bible sure of this um fertility yeah um 
I don't know. Yeah, Those like, are just the two off the top of my head. Yeah, of like the tenets in the Bible that are kindness, I this see. wisdom, yeah. stuff like that. Things that this Assyrian goddess, I forget her name, I gotta look at my other page of notes, represented. Mm-hmm. Why did they not apply it to mermaids as well? Yeah. It was because, I think it's because of the boobies thing. I was reading. <laughs> it, was, it was too raunchy for those Christian minds. Yes. An article from the. Was this from BYU? An article from the BYU Religious Studies Center um, Understanding Images and Symbols in the Book of Revelation by Richard D. Draper. And this is his like dissertation on okay. this book. So this is from Revelation 12. 20, I don't know how to read it. 12 5. Is that how you say it? I think so. Yeah, like okay. chapter 12, verse 5. Yeah, 12, 5, and I also I see know. 12, yeah. 2, and 8, but yeah. So lots of that. Uh, John, I think his name is. It goes, John sets the symbol against that of the virtuous woman who represents poise, harmony, beauty, and life-giving creation. Mm-hmm. And that's like what a woman should be in that. Um, and then I also looked up what is beauty to like in uh, terms of the Bible. And never does it really describe physical beauty or, um, like, sort of that inherent beauty. Mm. I mean, hell, the most matronly lady in Christian myth is uh, <laughs> is a virgin. <laughs> yes. So it's more of, um, it's like beauty through action. Got you. It's like, Maybe even through purity. Yeah, action. And mm-hmm. Interesting. Okay, so beauty was more a character than a physical trait. Yeah, and that was okay. what they were going for. Probably to make, you know, fucking plain Jane out in Britain feel better uh-huh. for being fucking <laughs> ugly. Her and her buck-ass teeth. how to fucking read. <laughs> You're beautiful <laughs> in God's eyes. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck you, England. <laughs> anyway, so that's that. And whereas the Assyrian goddess represented beauty through uh, wisdom in the power of, you know, thought and influence over others and, mm. you know, that physical desirability. Mm-hmm. And... So those those ideas of it clash in the form of this mermaid, whereas the mermaid's seen as a beautiful, benevolent figure in this uh, Assyrian myth, as well as in um, the tales that would follow it and spread around Certainly, through yeah. the Greeks. In the Christian myth, this is all bad stuff. This is everything a woman should not be. Gotcha. Um, I was looking that during the Renaissance periods, common derogatory names for... Uh, prostitutes and charlatan type ladies <laughs> would they'd call them sirens oh harpies. interesting yeah um, lure men to their demise yeah their, stuff like that yeah, their lure. impurity will infect everyone around yeah. oh wow the temptress types were uh sure. were given that name and so that hints at an interesting connection between the two not only has the idea of the mermaid mermaid uh, been vilified just because you know it's, it's not Jesus, <laughs> certainly. But also because it it just sort of represents a breaking of the mold for sure for women during mm-hmm. the time, mm. and so yeah, that's know, that's interesting. Other like historical villains. What are your, what are your thoughts on that? Well, um, this is a great segue into the Little Mermaid by Hans Christian Andersen. Oh, the Little Mermaid. Yeah. Now this is after I guess this is. Uh, Let's see, the Renaissance era, I mean, it's pretty much between the Renaissance era and the Enlightenment era. Okay. The shift in ideological thought of, like, first this, you know, the Renaissance era was more like this spiritual rebirth, the rebirth of a worshiping and loving of Christ, um, you know, 
cathedrals, art, all these new things just completely popped up in like, you know, the last 200-ish years mm-hmm. uh, in the Renaissance era. And then we get to the Enlightenment era where um, things kind of almost, they're looked at in a different way. That's kind of Enlightenment, right? It's kind of like the awareness, a full awareness of, of um, I'm, I'm thinking of like Buddhist meditation. The idea of enlightenment, like achieving nirvana, is to kind of like completely pass through um, typical perceptions, like your own egotistical perceptions of yeah. the world. And a lot of those, or for that, you know, Protestant Reformation and that enlightenment in Europe, it's like breaking through the perceptions of the Catholic Church. Pretty much. Because <laughs> pretty much, you know, no one could read really up to that point. Yeah, so uh, yeah. your religion I mean, was what your church told you it behold, was. The printing press truly changed everything. Oh, yeah. Um, and so with that, Hans Christian Andersen was a Danish author. He was born uh, in the early 1800s, and his first publication of The Little Mermaid was in 1837. Mm. Um, and this story, and we're, I'll go in-depth to it if you want me to. Do it. Um it's it's basically um, listeners. It's what of, do you think? Yeah, listeners. Okay, cool. Yeah, oh, go into wow. it. Yeah, yeah they, they, they agree. I heard that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, so I have a book here that is uh, that has the Little Mermaid. Uh, so I'll say this right now: this is not like your Disney fairy tale Little Mermaid. This one is much more gruesome. Is Prince Eric not the hottest Disney prince in this one? Because mm, I I'll, can neither confirm nor deny. I'll die on that hill. Yeah. Prince Eric. Prince he's, Eric's the he's hottest. He's a charming Chad, Prince. bro. Easy. <laughs> anyway, okay. Anyway, um, certainly uh, the Little Mermaid opens up with just beautiful imagery. It talks about how under the water there's forests unlike anything you've seen, and so it's this uh, uh, almost in a literary sense, like a return to naturalism, uh, like the natural beauty, Earth mm. itself, like it, the the beauty of just the world around you. Um, and so it's, it's basically just describing the beauty of the ocean floor, how it's almost, in this tale, basically just like humans if they were underwater, more or less. Um, the Little Mermaid is a, um, a child of, I believe it was five other sisters. I, I, do not, I did not have that written down, but that's, that's my guesstimation. <laughs> All my Little Mermaid lore comes from the movie, okay. and I'm pretty sure she was the youngest of sisters yes and this is true in the book or in the fairy tale as well um she is the youngest and so at the age of 15 they all get to swim to the surface and they're born one year exactly after one another so every 365 days for you know five or so years um each of the sisters gets to go to the surface once to see the beauty of the world Mm -hmm. and so like the first goes up just to see the sky and the beautiful horizon and slowly but surely they become more and more progressive as they hear more from their other sisters um, that the new generations of sisters that go up to the surface push a little further and they find cities and they find walls and, you know, all these different mm. human creations, too. And they're like, God, it's real, so real beauty of the world. Yeah. Just people like flicking shit over the, <laughs> <side of> the walls. <laughs> Just dumping like, buckets of, the, yeah, pissing bombs. The gallows hanging out <laughs> over the bay. <laughs> Not quite, but <laughs> yes. Tec- yeah, technically, yes. Um, okay, so. The Little Mermaid, she's never given a name in this uh, in this fairy tale, mm. but she is the last to go up, and she goes up, and she sees um, a prince, and he's just, like, chilling on his boat. This would be Prince Eric in the movies. Nice. And the boat crashes, and it's about oh. to sink. Oh, no. And just like the movie, she goes and rescue, rescues him and brings him to shore and stuff. Mm-hmm. And she gets all kind of weird with it. She, like, kisses him on the forehead and shit, and she's just like, oh. 
Yeah, the mermaid kissed his fine, high brow and smoothed back his wet hair. She thought that he looked just like the marble statue in her little garden. She kissed him again and made a wish that he might live. Uh, and he's like the only survivor of this ship. So I guess her wish came true. Yeah, and well, it does. And so, uh, sure enough, like she waits around hoping that someone will see. And yeah, from this, um, uh, uh, what is it called? This temple of worship, a young woman comes down and sees the prince and like goes to get help. And so she swims away and like kind of creeps and watches from afar to make sure that like he's okay and stuff. And so now she's just like fantasizing about um, the the prince, basically. And she's like, oh, God, what I would wish to, you know, like, go back to the surface and everything. And sure enough, an evil sea witch is all like, I can make that happen for you. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck boy face. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck. So, yeah, she goes, basically, long, to make a long story short, she goes to the sea witch. And the sea witch says, I know exactly what you want. How stupid of you. <laughs> it says that in the tale. How stupid, How stupid of you. <laughs> uh, but I'm going to grant your wish. And it will bring you misfortune, my lovely princess. Um, if that ain't every night out drinking with the boys, I know what you want. How <laughs> stupid of you. Let me grant you your wish. Yeah. Come with me. Come with me. <laughs> so she basically says, um, I have this here potion. And if you drink it, you will be you will have two legs. Um, so she says, Let me let me just read it to you. Um, I wish for three. You've come here just in time, said the witch. Tomorrow, once the sun is up, I wouldn't be able to help you for another year. I shall prepare a potion for you, and you will have to swim to land with it before sunrise. Sit down on the shore and swallow it. Your tail will then split in two and shrink into what human beings call pretty legs. But it will hurt. It will feel like a sharp sword passing through you. Everyone who sees you will say uh, that you are the loveliest human child they have ever encountered. You will keep your graceful movements. No dancer will ever glide so lightly, but every step you take will make you feel as if you were treading on a sharp knife, uh, sharp enough to make your feet bleed. Hmm. <laughs> and so... Pitch gave her Lego feet? <laughs> <laughs> no, they, they look normal, like human feet, but for her personally, she's just going to feel in constant agony every time she uses them. Yeah, well, I suppose, you know, maybe in... A 19th century understanding of the ner you know, <laughs> nervous system by a sea witch probably isn't the most refined. No. But it is true, and we'll get to that. Anyway, the Little Mermaid just says, yeah, put me put me in, Doc. Fucking thirsty, uh, yeah. Yeah, and, like, the sea witch is literally like, hey, are you fucking sure about this? Like, I don't, I don't know if you're fucking listening to what I'm saying to you. You're going to live the in disclaimer. goddamn agony. And, um... Yeah, and then she says, and here's another thing. Once you take on the form of a human, you can never again become a mermaid. Um, oh, my God, so it's forever? There's not even an option of an out no, like in the movie? No. Just walking uh, on knives the rest of your life? Yeah, for the rest of her life. Damn. Now, here's the here's the catch. Um, he must, he, she must gain the love of this prince, his her true love, right? He must cling to you always in his thoughts and let the priest join your hands to become man and wife. If the prince marries someone else, the morning after the wedding, your heart will break and you will become foam on the waves. She'll, like, dissolve. Um, Damn. And so here's some mermaid lore for you. I'm picturing the death of Ivan Ooze from Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. Uh, I could not tell you. I've never... I don't... I have no recollection of Ivan Ooze. It's all I can see in my mind. <laughs> okay. Okay. So here's the deal. Um... Mermaids can live for 300 years. That's like their average lifespan. Humans oh. live much shorter. But here's the thing. Mermaids don't have a soul. 
but oh. humans do. And so if a human and mermaid marry, then that mermaid is allowed to go to heaven because they're married. And so like oh. part of their spouse's soul is like transferred to them. Under nice. the bonds yeah, of like, marriage. A, like a tax break or something. Yeah. A heavenly uh, tax break. A yes. heavenly, it's, it's like one of those Egyptian <laughs> things where you like get to take all your property with you to heaven and women are property. So you just get to so. take her with you. <laughs> a little loophole. <laughs> the soul is property in God's eyes. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, and so, yeah, the Little Mermaid, very ambitious. She's like, I'm ready. <laughs> and the witches are like, hold up, hold up. I'm not just giving this shit to I would hate free. to take this bitch out and, oh, like, dude, buy a mortgage or something. Oh, God. <laughs> go, go to a car dealership. This is buys, the kind of girl that would take variable interest instead of fixed interest. This is a girl who buys things at sticker price <laughs> on the windshield. <laughs> oh, yikes. <laughs> so the, the sea witch is basically like, um, I, okay, you have a voice more beautiful than anyone else's down here at the bottom of the sea. You may be planning to charm the prince with it, but you are going to have to give it to me. I want the dearest thing you possess in exchange for my precious potion. And so, uh, the little mermaid is all like, well, if you take away my voice, what will I have? And she's like, you're bod. You're bod. <laughs> you're a lovely figure. Your graceful movements. She'll be a great dancer. I mean, she, she's just a, a beautiful-looking mermaid. 15-year-old? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We'll get to that. <laughs> we'll get to that in the, in the analysis. Um, okay. So be it, said the little mermaid. And um, sure enough, um, she gave her the potion. She goes up to the surface. She takes it. And uh, when she wakes up, it's the prince that sees her for the first time um, and, like, Everyone is enchanted by her. The prince takes her to the castle. It's all like, hey, everyone, check out this strange fucking um, mute, beautiful woman I just <laughs> I just met on the shore. She doesn't speak, but she can dance. Oh, she can dance. She can dance. But obviously, whenever she dances or walks, she feels like she's just stepping on razors. Yeah. Um, and so, um, basically, the prince is getting the hots for the Little Mermaid. And he's like, ah, you know... My parents want me to marry someone else, but I, I don't want to marry some Nothing princess. like a mute 15-year-old in visible pain all the time. Truly. <laughs> <laughs> and so he's, he's basically, I don't want to marry, like, I don't want to be forced into an arranged marriage. This is dog poo. Mm. Um, and the little mermaid's like, oh my god, this could be my chance. <laughs> but she, you know, that's just in her mind. She that's, can't speak. Okay. <laughs> Thank you for the appearing. Yeah, you're welcome. When you were reading this book, is that the voice you read it in? Mm -hmm. Okay. Oh, yeah, 100%. Yeah, makes sense. Okay, and so, sure enough, they finally, the prince gets to meet his wife before they, you know, the arranged wife. Yeah. Uh, and who else could it be except the woman that came to rescue him from the temple when he was uh, thrown away or thrown, thrown asunder when his ship crashed? And the Little Mermaid took him to shore. Mm -hmm. it, uh, that person that came from the temple to the oh. shore was the princess he's meant to marry. Oh, And so fuck. he's like, oh my god, not only are you supposed to marry me, but you saved my life. And meanwhile, the Little Mermaid over here is like, god, why can I not speak? Why can I not? I saved your life, thank yeah, you. Yeah, but I mean, she can't say it. Can't say and it. And so sure enough... <laughs> <laughs> the uh, prince and this princess who was at the temple are married. A qualified woman, it sounds like. Very much so, yeah. Uh, it's written in here. Basically, she was at the temple for educational purposes. So she's a learned woman, too. 
I know. That wow. kind of is a downsell. Hmm? Hmm? What you say? <laughs> what? what did, I did not, I genuinely did not hear what you said. I say. mean, based on what I've seen from this prince's taste, that should be, <laughs> that should be points off. <laughs> yeah, compare, yeah, that he's fraternizing with a mute 15-year-old girl. Yeah. Yeah. He's like, whoa, you saved my life. She's like, yes. He's like, ugh, you talk? Oh, incredible. <laughs> okay. So here's, <laughs> I highlighted this because I just, I thought it was sad, but funny. <laughs> so the prince says to like the princess, she, he's like, it's you. You're the one who uh, rescued me when I was lying half dead on the beach. Um, <laughs> and he, and he drew his bride towards him. Oh, I'm really overjoyed. He said to the little mermaid, the best thing imaginable, more than I ever dared hope for has been given to me. My happiness is sure to give you pleasure for you are fonder of me than anyone else. <laughs> saying this to the little mermaid. That's funny. The little mermaid kissed his hand and she could feel her heart breaking. Was this like history's first I love you as a brother. History's first friend zone. Friend zone. Pretty much. The day of the wedding would mean her death and she would turn into foam on the ocean waves. And sure enough, that's what happens. Uh, (laughs) She, yeah, she basically... Uh, before that happens, the night of the wedding, her sisters come up from the ocean and they say, hey, the sea witch is like, she wants to go back on her deal. But with the cost, of course. So they have given her all of their beautiful long mermaid hair for this dagger. And they give it to the little mermaid and they're like, listen, if you kill the prince, you can come back as a mermaid and live for, you know, the next 285 years of your existence. Nice. Yeah. And the Little Mermaid's all like, maybe. <laughs> maybe. Don't tell But me. ultimately, she decides not to. What a pussy. And she throws herself into the water as dawn breaks, and she turns into foam. But she doesn't fade into nothingness. In fact, she's turned into a new kind of uh, spirit or creature. She's like an air spirit. And all of her sisters, air spirit sisters, I don't fucking... It gets a little convoluted here, but basically there's a bunch of other people that have done something like this and um, have chosen good at the end, and now they're kind of in a sense of purgatory, and so all of her, like, spirit sisters are like, listen, you can actually live for 300 years here in the, in, as a spirit, uh, doing air spirit shit, whatever that entails, but God has decided to give you a second chance because of your selflessness. So if you do good work for the next 300 years, you can go to heaven. But if not, eh, tough luck, you <laughs> you fade to ash. <laughs> you fade to ash. And so, yeah, it ends. Um, let's see. Uh, and we may arrive there even sooner, one of her companions whispered. Invisible to human eyes, we float into homes where there are children. For every day we find a good child who makes his parents happy and deserves their love. God shortens our time of trial. Children never know, never know when we are going to fly into their rooms. And if we smile with joy when we see the child, then a year is taken away from the 300. But a mean or naughty child makes us shed tears of sorrow, and each of those tears adds another day to our time of trial. And that's the end of The Little Mermaid, bro. <laughs> I mean, that's not a bad ratio. So, you go into a pretty big city, you could probably just... You know, speed run through a bunch of houses. You could, you could speed run heaven. You could probably speed run heaven. <laughs> yes, very true. 
So yeah, there's a lot to unpack in that. Story. There is a lot. In that I like how at the end like of the that. day, it's still your soulless, godless creature who must earn your way. Yeah, you've got to earn your keep. <laughs> yeah, and it's literally just by like looking at children, just by watching kids. Yeah. That's how oh, you get. It's like it's <laughs> they turn into Santa Claus, bro. <laughs> they turn they just, into the. They no. <laughs> go ahead, go ahead. I don't, I don't want to. I don't want to say it anymore. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> anyway. But I'm sensing a common theme over the course anyway. of this book. <laughs> okay, so, yeah, so there's there's a bit of redemption. At the end of the day, though, she pretty much just decides to commit suicide. Um, so That's she doesn't kill the prince. How many other spirits do you think that Sea Witch sent in there? No one, like, they oh, wouldn't God. get no dick, They'd, and then she'd offer him a oh, choice bro. to kill the prince. Probably so many. Is all this just like? Well, some... I don't know if it's just this prince. I think it's likely like it's meant to be like there are many other mermaids and prince mm. tales just like this one, and it's just like these these are the ones that have chosen selflessness, yeah, instead of killing the prince and then turning back into their like true form. You know, I like it. Yeah, their true form after you know killing a man by the sea is yeah. you know that of the mermaid so that's kind of a, a cool little idea that it Certainly. breaks the mold that's been set for mermaids over probably <laughs> since like you know 400 or mm-hmm. something yeah it definitely B-C-E? does no <laughs> c-e there Common it is era. yes Come on, bro. 400 c-e whatever the fucking lives call it <laughs> <laughs> stay woke or get broke that's been like you know the perception of mermaids is like you know these vile creatures that kill sure mischievous mischievous evil deceitful yeah but yeah the little mermaid herself is just a pretty much a little girl like yeah just a little girl who lives underwater and has no soul yeah <laughs> and who makes a, a shady deal with a, an older woman <laughs> We've all been there. Yeah, we we have. Everyone knows a sea witch. I think it kind of breaks the mold. It sort of recharacterizes the mermaids as more than those shady, deceitful figures. Mm-hmm. And that's really all they were in stories up to this point. Certainly. Was, you know, sort of nameless. She's still nameless in this, but mm-hmm. they, you know. Yeah. Yeah, her, yeah, she's the little mermaid. She's the youngest daughter. Yeah. Um, and in that sense, too, I think that's made an interesting um, just cultural impact on, like, um, I guess like women are little like girls in fairy tales in the sense that like uh, the imagination of being something greater than the sum of your parts. Like she's just a part of a family, the yeah. little mermaid, but the she, littlest could, part. she could marry into a prince if she got him to fall in love with her, you know? And it's like, these, she like, could kill him if she wanted yeah, to. She and so it's like these fantastical ideas that I think really kind of like, that's what makes it a fairy tale, I guess. It's just like that women have the, choice. <laughs> agency <laughs> no no well, I, in, well. Part, in part in part but it's more or less kind of like the fantasy of like life could be better than what it is right now you know yeah and you gotta imagine too like this is in the 1800s like yeah it could be better it's not do. good still you can break the mold of what you're supposed to be she's supposed to be some little sea siren temptress whatever and she goes off has some adventure for sure imagine what you little daughter of pig farmer could do <laughs> exactly exactly maybe you can farm cow <laughs> maybe 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 you could uh marry a noble or become a, his concubine and Ooh. live in a nice place a nice at the cost of your purity <laughs> anyway 
yeah, The Little Mermaid, I think, has a lot to offer on our mermaid discussion, and then I think culturally as a whole at the time. It's fun to see sort of that shift in dynamic mm-hmm. and, you know, see how that's represented. Certainly. I mean, yeah, how many how many tales have we read or just stuff that we've researched has, like, a woman in kind of, like, the forefront of decision-making, especially in, like, say, the 1800s, just in general, not for the podcast, but just, like, through man. schooling and all that. Dude, I mean, straight to DVD. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's slim pickings. <laughs> you got to do some crazy shit back in the day as a woman to be on the front page of whatever. Fuck, you got to be do some Joan of Arc shit. Oh yeah, What's and she was it? burned alive. And she was burned alive. <laughs> Who's that Russian sniper with like two hundred some kills? She made it on the penny or something. I've got no clue. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Ouch. <laughs> yeah. Um. What else? I thought I had more to say about The Little Mermaid. Oh, also, I just thought it was funny how Disney Disney-fied it. And, like... that That is a fucked-up story it's, it's to be made into a Disney movie. <laughs> it's very messed up. Walking forever with the feeling that you're just stepping on razors. That is just horrific. Truly. Oh. The, yeah, the little transformation between tail to leg scene was much more glitz and clam and not yeah <laughs> it's gonna feel like a sword cutting you in half <laughs> yeah, for real. and then you have legs yeah so yeah interesting nonetheless and then if, yeah i mean we can really get into the age too and i think that's more a product of its time in the sense like women you in, live to your 30 you marry at 50 well no you you marry when you bleed basically yeah as soon as your period starts like if you can be married off, you likely are. And it's just for, you know, land. It's arranged marriages, which yeah. is the entire idea. Uh, which is interesting, too, that the prince actually enjoyed his arranged marriage. He's like, oh, my God, you're my savior. Sometimes, like sometimes you just get lucky with it. Yeah, sometimes you do. I learned in the Middle East, sometimes they'll do contractual marriages where they're married for, like, 10 years. It's like, yeah. we'll have two children, blah, blah, blah. It'll have all this stuff in a contract, and then at the end of the contract, they can choose to go their separate ways or renew the contract and keep married. Hmm. How wild is that? Renew the contract? Yeah. Renew a contract. Renegotiate? Marriage. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah, now you That's do. crazy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm getting married this summer. I might need to... <laughs> I need to look into that. Might need to open the contract. Get a lawyer. Might need to drum up the document. (laughs) Got him. Got him. Nice. Cool. Anything else? Um, I mean, I I probably got a few more like women or property jokes floating around in here somewhere, but (laughs) you know, without without the context. Yeah, you can only beat a dead woman so a dead horse so much. (laughs) You can only beat dead horse so much. Anyway, anyway, thank you please, so much for please listening. Download, please download, <laughs> please download this episode. Um, you're already on a watch we, list. We so. promise this is just a bit. We really do appreciate... Uh, I can't say that. <laughs> I can't lie no. on air. <laughs> I can't lie. I'm under oath. I'm under, I'm under contract. <laughs> for real, we, we appreciate all listeners. Men and women. Men and women. Men, all 3% of our listeners who are women, we appreciate you. Mom, my little sister Sophie. My fiance, for now. I know, dude. A couple more of these and we're going to be kicked to the curb. Okay. All right. Well, thank you so much for listening. Definitely tune in 
next week. Truly. We're going to be digging into more stuff. More mermaid stuff. More mermaid stuff. Uh-huh. All right. Cool. Thank, Thank you. you. Kiss, kiss.